UFC 205 is now less than three weeks away. We are getting fired up for it here at MMA FanCast. Brought to you by Octagon247.com. I am your host, Ryan Middleton. We are here with you for episode number four of MMA FanCast. I have my posse with me here today. First, we have the man. This man is well into his 70s. But very buff. But very, very buff. He's flexing for us now, and I actually think he has chalk hidden on his in his sleeves because he has the whitest yeah, legs. Or the ter- whitest legs. Arms. Well, so he is the man, the legend, Jim Sahara Mooney. What's up? What's up? What's up? Thanks, Jim. And also, in addition to Jim, we also have a a guy who is he he is, describes himself as a as a common fan. He describes himself as a. I believe it's a casual fan. I think I mentioned it once on the first episode. Fan. As a fan of WWE, more so than UFC. Oh. I think you called it a casual fan. Are you a casual fan? I'm a casual fan. I'm the guy that thought CM Punk was going to beat up Mickey Gall. Ladies and gentlemen, Terry Dactyl. Hello and welcome to the podcast. We are uh, just, we're, I mean, we, we sat in this room before we started uh, this podcast and we're just geeked up about UFC 205. We are extremely happy that Dan or Terry Dactyl will be with all of his friends by himself, um, watching it while we are live and in person. We'll be bringing you podcasts from New York City, from downtown Manhattan, and we are really excited about that. And we are super excited because today is a special day. Do you know what today is, Terry? Uh, I don't. Tell me. Uh, Jim, do you know what today is? I do. What is it? Today is the first official MMA fan cast where we have a guest in-house with us. We have our first MMA fan caster. And ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you John. Hey, what's going on, guys? So John is an interesting person because John is the only person I've ever met personally that has... Spells his name Jonathan with an H, right? Yeah, that's correct. J-O-H-N-A-T-H-O-N. And I'll tell you what, nobody ever spells it right, ever. Yeah, but I noticed that. Missing. That's one of the first things I noticed is you spell your name weird. Tell me. Well, hold on, Ryan. You are notoriously known for, I mean, how many spelling bees were you not invited to? I think you're getting that confused with the Bumblebee jersey he's wearing right now. Bumblebee, spelling bee, Bumblebee. So what are you trying? Like what are Nothing. you trying to say? Here? Let's just move on. We don't want to get started <laughs> on this and your spelling. So um, anyway, John, your last name is Debsky, right? Correct. Yeah. And so you're Russian. Uh, no. No, you're Polish. No. Yes, correct. Okay. My, my last name is Polish. Um, I was only kidding about Russian. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, this <laughs> wasn't funny. <laughs> um. So. Jonathan, jo- do you do you want to go by John or Jonathan? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I've I've gone by my I've gone by my shortened name, my full my full first name, my, just my last name. So it's it's just kind of whatever people you know. We're just gonna, easiest for people. We're just gonna call him Bob. Yeah, that works so too. Bob, <laughs> Bob has has I I always see Bob where at my place of employment, and and he's always running around, and I see him. Wearing a Conor McGregor shirt one day, then one day yeah. he's wearing a, a Nate Diaz shirt, and and so I said, dude, you got to come on MMA Fancast, join me and and the guys, and uh, and he's here, and so we're we're happy to have our first um, guest fancaster, and we're looking forward to um, we're looking forward to that. How how are you guys weekend? What, what's going on? I'm just I'm pumped for 205. I can't wait. My wife and I were talking about this pretty much all day today. Um, took the kids to uh, Pumpkin Farm 
And that was the conversation, 205. And she, you know, has thought about um, going just to be there to experience it. She is, I've, I've heard this term before, um, a casual fan. Ca- you've heard that term? I've heard somebody use that term before, Who? casual fan. Nobody that I want to talk about here tonight. So or ever, or ever for that matter. Um, But I mean, just her excitement alone gets me even more pumped up. Yeah, I I can't wait. Well, it was her excitement that made it possible for you to even go. Yeah. So that is very cool. Can I give a quick? I got to give a quick update. Got to give a shout out to Jim Sahara Mooney for all of his awesome web design. Got to give a shout-out for Ryan for all the work that he puts in. You guys really have something going on with that website. It looks good. It looks clean. It looks organic, as you guys love for me to say. You love the word organic. organic. I love it, too. So you guys are doing a great job. Thanks for coming along. So just to touch on that a little bit, um, the website we have been working on, octagon247.com, it is not live yet. We've been kind of behind the scenes getting it set up and, and... really starting from scratch we don't we didn't know how to do a podcast we didn't know how to set up a website and we got a a wordpress website and started putting it together and and jim's kind of taking the reins on that end and and sahara is a beast in designing this website i'm impressed it's It's coming along it is it's looking good we you know we have a goal of getting it um live as soon as possible we're hopeful that it'll be live this week um and so uh i think once we go live it's gonna it's on yeah and and i think that's that's where i think we have an opportunity to have some people from the mma community whether it's fighters whether it's hosts of shows whoever it may be for you guys to actually get some up close in-person interviews in new york city that is very much possible. And part of what we want to do is also, um, you know, Terry Dactyl is not going to UFC 205. And that's that saddens me. However, there is no reason whatsoever that Terry Dactyl should not be in Manhattan for UFC 205. I think he should be there. And he, I mean, some people just have to man up. It's like, how could you not go? The, car, the <laughs> well, card is so freaking big. I mean, my, you can't. It's the best card ever. Exactly. The best I, card. I ever. would agree, it and that really would is. that would be the best card ever that I would be sitting by myself in a hotel room for. But is it worth it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun. These guys would really, really have to talk me into it for it to happen. They're they're good salesmen. I'll give them that. But I'm still not pushed over the edge. We'll see as the coming weeks go on. Okay, so while we're talking, while we're, we can make an easy segue. Um, we would have a blast at 205, and all this came about really because of UFC 203 and what we experienced in Cleveland. That was a great, great weekend with your boy QB Browns, Bernie Kozar. Downtown, Bernie QB Brown. Wait, what are you guys talking about? Could you please explain what you're talking about? See, Terry kept talking, I'd say, like, the latter half of uh, 203 when we were there that Saturday night, talking about this guy. And when, Bernie, we were, Bernie, when we were Bernie. in, when we were in... In the arena, in the, the arena, queue. in the queue. We're in the arena watching UFC 203 take place live, and we hear... Bernie, Bernie, Bernie from Pterodactyl. Actually, I, I think I was saying QB Browns because at the time I was really into playing Techno Super Bowl on my computer. And I happened to hear somebody uh, on the floor yell up to Bernie Kozar and say, Bernie, thank you so much for everything you did for the city. Um, and, and I just, okay, that's Bernie Kozar. Okay, that makes sense. And they asked me to take a picture for them. Um, I guess, I don't know, a guy, a guy on each side of them. I don't know if they're, I don't know if they were with him or I don't know what the story was, but I took a picture for him. He gave me the fist pound with the ring of, I guess it was Super Bowl. I'm not sure which Super Bowl, but it was from 1994 when he backed up Troy Aikman for the Cowboys. So I saw the ring. I knew it was him. I heard, I, I had confirmation from fans. I saw the ring. I knew it was Bernie Kosar. 
these two did not know that. Um, so, Ryan, what were we talking about what? after? And no. I had you so confused. It's not that we didn't know that. It's we had no clue who this guy, this stranger in front of us that you were talking to, who you were talking to and why you were, like, infatuated with him. You were just, like, befriending this stranger who was by himself. And, like, we just didn't understand That it. was outside after the show. But we hadn't met up with him at that point. That's when I was talking to you about QB Browns and Bernie Kozar. You ta- thought it was completely random. I just thought you were talking random because you're, like, pretty much you just... I am a random guy. You, 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 it's you just, true. This is true. You just spew at the mouth sometimes. I do. No one knows what you're talking about 90% of the time. It's true. So this is not uncommon for, <laughs> for you to just be talking and we're like, okay, Dan, okay, Terry, whatever you say. And so... Right. So he's talking to... So we're leaving afterwards and we're walking and he's still talking QB Browns, Tecmo Bowl, Bernie Kozar, and we're like... Mm. Why is it? Because we're in Cleveland. He's obsessed with this. Like, oh, I've never been to a city where I played Tecmo Bowl for a team before. Like, we didn't understand. And then we, um, like, we're with the majority of the crowd, you know, just coming out, crossing the streets, um, like, heading um, parallel um, down a road where our hotel was. And we take, a, like, kind of a left-hand turn down an alleyway. And then... Lo and behold, here comes Bernie Kozar. And I said, Bernie, I promise I'm not following you. And he laughed and I laughed and we started talking for a few blocks. And I think this is the night after I had become Mr. Rousey as the bodyguard for Ronda Rousey. You'll have to listen to previous podcasts to hear the story of how Terry Dactyl was, was the new Mr. Rousey. So... Listen back to... This is only the fourth podcast, so listen to the first three. All right. So, I'm fresh off of being frustrated at people who look at these celebrities as just a meal ticket. Whether they want to get them to autograph their stuff so they can sell it on eBay, or whether it's begging people for a picture, whatever it is. So, I felt very comfortable just casually talking to Bernie Kosar, just like I felt very comfortable stepping in and backing off a fan of Ronda Rousey. So, we talked for a few blocks. We get inside the hotel. Keep in mind, who was he with? I don't know. Nobody. 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 He was walking with nobody when we When we found him, him, you're right. Yeah, he, he was by himself. Okay, so I want all of our podcast listeners right now to pause the podcast, if you can, if you're in front of a computer or something, I want you to Google Bernie Kosar, and if you don't live in Cleveland or you don't follow this, I knew exactly what Bernie Kosar looked like as a player. As a player, when in his playing days, I knew exactly what he looked like. There was no question I could identify that curly hair, those locks. This guy is, it, I, I can't believe that that is Bernie Kosar. Like, if you stare at the picture, a current picture of him, you can see the resemblance only because you know it. But well, the guy's had like 13 it, concussions. Yeah, it's not to say that, you know, he was a wretched looking man. It's just his his like, his features he just completely looks changed. completely different. Yeah. He looked aged. I will he say that. Okay. And, yeah. and, and, you know, I was probably talking to the shell of Bernie Kosar. In all fairness, he's had 13 concussions. But when we got to the hotel, you guys both looked at me and said, who are you talking to? Why, why, are, you, why, why are you talking to that guy so much? And I looked at you guys puzzled and said, it's Bernie Kosar. Of course I'm going to walk and talk a few blocks to Bernie Kosar. And that's where you guys didn't believe me. You looked up the picture. Well, and we, Okay, but in, in my defense and in Ride Dog's defense... This is coming from the guy who screamed Ricky Lundell when it was Drew Dauber. So there's another pause. I take full, I take full responsibility. Lundell, it, uh, and, and Drew Dauber, yeah, you, both you, involved in, uh, in the MMA world. Drew Dauber is a, uh, is a fighter. Ricky Lundell is um, a trainer. Um, and the two look nothing alike. I, th- I thought they looked very similar. Well, they do look a little bit alike, but not, they're, not they're alike humans, enough. So, yes, there is that <laughs> resemblance. Not <laughs> enough alike to totally unashamedly call out one and anou- announce him well, as the other one. I, I did. I actually did a full announcement. <laughs> for, in the lobby? In the of lobby. The, of the, what hotel were we at? 
The Wyndham. The Wyndham. The Wyndham. Yeah. With the broken elevators. So th- this is why we're having a hard time buying the, the Bernie story. Listen, Bernie, Kozar, if you, uh, obviously you're an MMA fan. If you are listening to this, email us at info at octagon247.com. Send us a shout out. Let, let us know you're listening. I think we'll get him on the show. Let's, we will we will try and but you will not say to him that you're a shell of yourself. Because... No, 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 no. It was a shell of himself because he had 13 concussions. So you're not the same after 13 concussions. How do you know? Um, well, I I talked to you him. A concussion doctor. I, I sound no. like my son. How do you know? How do you know? <laughs> All right. So let's. You guys want to talk a little? Let's get into MMA. It. Let's get into Love it. to. This week has been filled with all kind of stuff. First, I mean, there are only several people that can carry a a massive pay-per-view card. And one of those people is John Jones. And John Jones, um, we all know he, he failed a drug test. And now he's going in front of the uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission. And we're, we're starting to hear that, or at least from his people, from his lawyers, that he may be getting a, temporary, a sentence reduction. I mean, he, he was going to get a, at least a year and maybe even more uh, because it's a, a, a second offense. He, he had failed a previous drug test for, for cocaine. So... There, his suspension may get reduced because they are, according to his people, they have tested, uh, USADA has tested the uh, uh, supplements that he took, and they were tainted supplements. And so... Well, um, wasn't it, didn't he test positive for the same things that Brock Lesnar did? It, he did. Which is interesting because My, Michael Bisbing uh, went off on Brock Lesnar on Ric Flair's podcast but had nothing but nice things to say about John Jones since he didn't want to kick him while he was down. So that that struck me a little bit odd. So I don't know what you guys think about that, but for me that just seemed a little bit one-sided. So just something to clarify for those who may not know the terminology, but whenever you hear us talking about USADA, we're referring to United States Anti-Doping Agency. Association. Association. So one of those two. American Association of Dodgeball Association. <laughs> the ESPN, that, the Ocho. The people that <laughs> test your pee like 400 times a week to make sure you're you're ready to go. For, Pretty much, for the, yeah. For the upcoming fight, so. So, I don't know. I, I think I think to I think to answer your 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 question on on why, um, why Bisping was going after Lesnar instead of John Jones. I th- I, I personally I personally think. He, he he wants to. He, I think he wants to go after Brock Lesnar because he's you know the WWE guy and all that stuff. And I also think it because think about it. You have a middleweight talking smack on a light heavyweight, you know. And I feel like you know it's it's one of those things. I don't I don't I don't think he would want to have to back up his words against a guy who. Pr- Realistically, could fight him. He's not. He's know? not fighting Lesnar. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking. Yeah, right, I'm talking, right, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. right. Exactly. Well, he's not fighting Lesnar yeah. in an octagon. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> but, but the the well, well, let's look at some of the quotes that he said. Um, he said, "Brock Lesnar tested positive for steroids. It's as simple as that. I have a very strong opinion. So if you're gonna come over here and fight and take steroids, you're a expletive." He said, simple as that. You come in here and act tough, but then you've got to take steroids. So which is it? Are you a tough guy or are you not a tough guy? And if you're you're taking steroids, then you're not a tough guy because you're mentally weak and you're a coward. And he went on to say, um, I thought he said more than just that. He he said he would throw him around like a rag doll pretty much and, and yeah because he's not gonna have to fight him yeah, yeah. And, and believe me bisping would make more money than he's ever made fighting Brock Lesnar so I I think that that it's within um, bisbing's best interest to like okay so Eminem was a rapper and he would pull out as many famous people's names in his songs and it would create a lot of a lot of uh, controversy. Controversy, and he became famous and rich because of it. Not, I mean, the the guy could rap and was very good at it as well. But 
that kind of thing. Chael Sonnen would, would stir the pot with things. He's stirring the pot. That's all he's doing. Absolutely. He's keeping his name in the headlines. And it's smart. Even as a... Okay, so Bisming does not have to try. He doesn't have to make any effort to be a heel. He's already a heel. He just has to be himself, and he'll automatically be a heel. He'll be loved by the Brits and hated by uh, everyone else. But they will make a sound <laughs> when he comes out. They, they will not Absolutely. be silent. Absolutely. And so... Ultimately, I mean, I gotta quit saying ultimately. I, I swore I would not. <laughs> the ultimately guy, the casual fan, and the guy that didn't beat Dana White, Jim Sarah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking to you the rest <laughs> of the oh, <laughs> And so, um, I think he he's he's really just uh, keeping it, keeping his name out there, keeping these two. I think the uh, so Terry Dacto and Sahara, they have this. It's really odd. I I gotta I gotta tell you. They have this like flirty, laughy kind of thing. It makes me a little uncomfortable, quite it makes honestly. Makes me uncomfortable too. The way he stares at me. Yeah, well, the way you like <laughs> wink back at him is what I'm uncomfortable about. But um, yeah, they're both right now. They're both blushing. It's kind of funny. Well, we're gingers. Well, I'm, I'm in the middle of it too. You know, he's sitting on one side of me. He's sitting on the other side of me. You're, just... you're in a you're in a man crush sandwich. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You're in a ginger sandwich. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that um, Bisbing is just trying to keep his name out there with that, and doing a good job of it. To so be going it. back yeah. to uh, like that was, you know, uh, the talk was John Jones tied in with Bisbing and, um, you know, being kind uh, with Jones and his words, but you know, talking smack on Lesnar. If we go back to Jones and his situation. I I have a hard time buying a story that um, a substance was tainted or contaminated. That's that's the terminology that they're going to use. That just doesn't happen nowadays, in in my opinion, anyways. I don't see how, with as far as supplements have advanced now, I don't see how you can come up with something that's contaminated. Yeah, but that's where I'll disagree with you. The the FDA today contaminated. No, no. Yeah, I, but but no. look at look at how the FDA processes whatever these new supplements are or whatever. It's unregulated. It's unregulated. So it's not you don't have to prove that it's effective or what's in it. It's that they have to come in and prove why it, it's not effective or it's not, you know, the formula is not correct, whatever the case is, right? The FDA is coming. They have to basically disprove it. So, of course, and you can get it. You can get away with anything. I mean, you could I, I could create a supplement line today and the FDA has got to come in and prove why it's not safe. Well, I, but I think you're talking about something different with reference to, my, you know, what I'm saying, that to, to have the argument that something was contaminated is just. You know, is I, I don't see how. So you you mean like it, it accidentally? It, it didn't no. accidentally fall in there. He That's not the contamination. You know, it maybe he no, no, didn't no, no. know. Hold so, on, but maybe he didn't know. Whoever gave it to him and said, you know, nutritionist or whatever you want to call it, you know, coaches in his corner, they knew what he was taking. So here's the deal. You go to GNC or any health food place and you have all these cans and bottles of all these supplements and they're all over the place. They're not going to be contaminated, though. Absolutely. They pull stuff all the time. Wrong. So, so, That's different, though. So here, here's the thing. This is an unregulated industry. So all the stuff that goes in there, people are buying it based on results. So if you're getting better results, if your company that's un- unregulated and you could put anything in there you want because there no one's testing it and it's based on results a company could very well throw some steroids in their supplement get away with it for a while and so here's the thing some of these things are legal drugs some of these things are they're just banned from competition but they're legal to to consume and to have like yeah, your gym rat bodybuilder he can take it correct mm-hmm. there's not it's not something illegal so what they're saying what what they're claiming is that some thing he bought the company or whoever was making them was contaminating them and they're claiming that usada bought it off the shelf somewhere 
and tested it and found the same results that it was contaminated. Well, That's what they're claiming. All right. Until I hear Usada say that, I'm skeptical. But that's, that's what, what that's what, would that's have what to Jones's attorney is saying. I'm still kind of on on your side too, though, because it just seems so weird that you know you have this elite athlete, right? And he's you know he's using he's using these certain supplements or whatever, and he doesn't he has no idea that this stuff is contaminated with whatever they're saying is isn't approvable by USADA. It just it just seems weird to me. Like I feel like uh, it just something about it just seems fishy. Like yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I I almost feel like you have to have some kind of pr- like and was this the supplement that he was always using or was this uh, like he just changed and like you, you know, I don't know. It, it just seems weird. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. These guys will not change their regimen in the middle of you know, their uh training leading up to a big fight. They're not going to do it. Maybe out of, uh, you know, training, a workout camp, they might, you know, try something else. But in that uh, eight weeks leading up to a fight, they're not going to do that. They're not going to take a chance of having an adverse reaction, you know, with their body. You know, who, who knows what could be a rash or you end up with the runs who knows you, but they're not going to take that chance i must be taking that one though. you you i think yeah <laughs> you are contaminated that's I, for sure i, I wear um, a hazmat suit on me to keep to protect everyone else from me most of the time except for when i'm in this studio with you guys or when you're in bed sleeping and you buzzsaw <laughs> for those of you that don't know ryan middleton your host snores louder than three tractor trailer trucks Two and, Two and a Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, that's more like it. That's much. More I didn't reasonable. know that tractor trailer trucks snored, but you didn't see cars. Well, I I saw the cars. That's good point. Good point. They're man flirting again. Fully stretched. Come on, come on. Would you come guys on. stop man flirting? It's making. Nice it's making our. Two. Can't do it. It's One. making our fan first guest fan caster uncomfortable. I'm just sitting back and watching. I'm just wondering what's going to happen next. You it's know, uncomfortable. <laughs> this is an uncomfortable I'm not, I'm not room at this to point. The rest of the show. Now they're mad at each other. It's like it's like a quarreling <laughs> couple. What is wrong with you two? I, uh, we like to have fun. So we talked about how John Jones is a guy that can carry a card on his own. And how about Ronda Rousey? Can we talk about Ronda Rousey? Who's Ronda? I'm sorry, I'm a casual fan. Ronda Rousey is going to be fighting Amanda Nunez at UFC 207, December 30th, live from Las Vegas. And I am really looking forward to that fight. Does anybody know why? You're going to be in Las Vegas? I am going to be with you guys in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to watch that. So... You never know what can right. happen. Yeah, that's you never true. Know. I, you know what? I would have never thought you two would have been going to New York City. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if somehow you guys found your way out there. Like we, you act like we would just wander around and we like wake up and oh, we're in Vegas. Whoa! Hey, stranger things have happened. Have you seen The Hangover? Well, I'll leave it there. I actually haven't. Uh, and it's three days after my wife's birthday, so. Oh, so it's perfect. It could be an opportunity for a uh, a birthday surprise. There you go. Work that in where there. Where her husband would go to UFC 207. Absolutely. Take she her. Would it, love that. It'd be a great trip. I'm sure she'd love to go out so there. So, Dan, tell us more about UFC 207. What's, the, what's this looking like here? Right? Okay. So, this is at least being reported that Amanda's saying that she's really happy about it, that the fight is, is a gift. And she's right. This is the biggest fight of her life. She is never going to have a bigger opponent than Ronda Rousey. At least I can't think for the foreseeable future. So it's going to be a great fight. I'm looking forward to it because I was so shocked when Ronda lost. If you guys remember, I had said, this is not even going to make it out of the first round. Holly Holm is breathing so hard. She's going to be gassed in the first 10 seconds. Uh, Completely wrong. You said that Holly Holm looks scared and nervous. Absolutely. Let me... me so I will set the record straight this here. This goes to I'm the along worst with, with predictions. I I am the no 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 that's not true. I did predict Conor McGregor over Nate Diaz in the second matchup. I, but I am, you also predicted him in the first matchup. I don't think I made prediction about that. Okay. 
Fair enough. You wouldn't have done that. Fair enough. But uh, I, I will, I will go on fight. to make a prediction. It's kind of hard to not make a prediction on that. Like. He did. Trust me. <laughs> I, I, I will definitely make a prediction on this. Ronda Rousey will be walking out of there and new women's champion. How are you calling it? Uh, let's see. Since she's been out of the fight game for a little bit, we'll go second round. And I think she's going to stick to the basics. I think it's going to be within the first 30 seconds of the second round. She's going to catch her in a throw, and she's going to submit her. I, I think it's going to be submission, too. I think it's uh, one of the things that she needs to get back to, um, you know, where she, like, against, we, we talked about her fight against Correa um, and how she came out wanting to prove something. Now, there was some personal things going on there, but she came out wanting to knock her mm-hmm. out. Um, and then and we had we had we had a great time with uh, Betch out in uh, in Cleveland. Yeah, even yes. the, even well, I think we liked her more as Pittsburghers because she taunted the Cleveland crowd. Yes, so that she made did. That, absolutely that, that endeared her to us. Right. So, but um, yeah, I think she's gonna get back to the basics, especially especially how she lost against um, Holly Holm, and it seemed to me like her fight plan was to try and go toe-to-toe with her instead I mean she tried a couple throws tried to take her down and saw that it wasn't working and thought well she can stand with her and everybody knows what happened after that and she just she got beat she didn't fight her game it's it's uh it's like you said last week on the podcast with um, Koscheck trying to become a, a you know a heavy hitter when he's a wrestler. Well, and he is a heavy hitter. The problem is he tried to be a he tried to be a stand up fighter. Okay, and yeah, and, and, and I'm sure Ronda can stand up, but you don't stand up with a kickboxer, right? And you know when you're when you're constantly being fed, you're the baddest woman in the world. She obviously wants to show that she's not one dimensional. Well, okay, so maybe she isn't, but she picked the wrong person to show off her striking skills. So yeah, I think yeah. she needs a I think she needs a win over Amanda Nunez. I think uh, she's going to stick to basics, and I think she's going to come out with a victory. I think we forget how dominant she was before that fight, and I said this before, and I I would not be surprised if she gets her to the ground within a minute and taps her. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'd love yeah. to see it. And I also wouldn't be surprised if Nunez is able to keep it on the feet and and punish Rousey. I think that's what makes this fight so intriguing is, you know, you go back. So all the fighters today are so well-rounded, so much more than, than back when we started watching um, in the 90s. That it was style versus style back then, and this is kind of a style versus style fight. Um, and uh, I, I, I know Nunez is 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 a good ground fighter as well, but not. She doesn't want to be on the ground with Rousey. Well, so tell tell us about the tell tell the audience about the training that she's going through right now. Uh, with an Olympic boxer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just I heard about it. I didn't get to read too much about it, but I don't know when I when I saw that. I was wondering if it was like a smokescreen to, you know, to say to her opponent's camp, we're going to be prepared for this, you know, for this to be a stand-up fight. And then, you know, come, you know, time for the fight and, you know, the bell sounds, well, she takes it to the ground. She should be prepared for her stand-up, but she wants to get it off the feet as soon as possible. I think she needs to learn defensive boxing. I mean, honestly, she needs to learn how to how to protect herself, position herself to to get a clinch. And I mean, the clinch is her her thing, and she only got a clinch once with home and didn't get the takedown and didn't do anything after that. So I think she needs to have persistence and and go for the clinch. But yeah, she's training. I mean. She has the drive to and the determination. We all see how ferocious she is, especially when uh, when Terry Dactyl is 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 keeping her from getting arrested for beating up a man in, in Cleveland. A, a very very short stout man. And so I I just think that um, you know I, I it's a fight I'm really looking forward to. I don't think she's wor- working out with an Olympic boxer to try to turn this into a boxing match. No, I she's, think she's she doing is, it to get better. Foolish. Yeah, correct, and, and, and as she should. Well, that is the issue. Any Anytime 
anytime you're attempting to use any type of martial art, it takes experience. She has very low experience in striking. You know, she was a judo, she was an Olympic judo uh -huh. champion. That's what she's good at. She did that for years. She's trained that for years. Right. And then to come out and try, you know, like you said, stand up with Holly Holm. You, it's two different experience levels. You know, she wasn't ready for half the things that Holly used on it. And I think it would be very unwise to... I, it's good that she's working on her stand-up, but I, I do think it's still unwise to attempt to try and... I think she needs to stick to what she's good this at. This isn't the fight to it, perfect it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, it's still... It's going to take some time. Striking is one of those things that you have to have persistent experience. I mean, for example, look at Conor McGregor. The way that, and, and this is the best way to explain this on how you get the experience with striking. He spars numerous times throughout the week with different opponents because he's under, he's, he's, his brain is breaking down fundamental movements and how people engage in, in striking. I just don't, I, I have never seen that with, with Rousey's training. I, I've seen her do shadow boxing, you know, she does a lot of shadow boxing occasionally, you know, uh, she'll do mitt work, but I don't, I've never seen a, a gratuitous amount of, of the actual sparring. But he's a little on the extreme. He's obsessive absolutely. when it comes to that. But I think he's had great success. Oh, absolutely. You know? So it's like, I feel like, I feel like if she wants to get to that point where, she's good enough to stand with someone like Holly Holm, then I think that's kind of like the key. But I, I definitely agree. I think I think, I think think one of the ways I see her winning the fight is a first-round submission. Um, other than that, you know, I don't, I don't know. Because I think Amanda Nunez is, is just going to grind her out. Yeah, and there's, an, there's another heavyweight fight, uh, Cain Velasquez and uh, Verdum, I believe. Mm. I think they're fighting. On, on 207 that's yeah. going to be a, that's going to be a really good co-main that's going to be insane and you guys got to talk to Verdum right oh yeah Cleveland? oh yeah lots actually nice guy he's a very nice guy yeah it's odd because when we saw him fight he just seemed like great like just off that night like he was a little unstable but when we talked to him he push kicked the one of the trainers yeah, it, was, it was the craziest thing but to talk to him, he was like a, a gentleman, calm demeanor. Very calm. Just very gracious. Taking pictures, anybody that yeah. wanted them. Do you, do you remember after the fight when you were taking a picture with him? Was it you, Jim, Sarah? Taking a picture with him, what I kept saying to Verdum in the lobby? I, I was... Was that you? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I kept saying to him, "You are crazy." Yes, yes, yes. I go, "What <laughs> is wrong with you? You're crazy." Yeah. Because this is, you know, I, if you watched um, UFC two hundred three, at the end of the fight, Verdum like kicked. I think that's Ronda Rousey's. Yeah, that's her. That's her head coach. Her her, her striking coach. Yeah. Well, it's her head coach, and it's Travis Brown's striking coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. He like push kicked him, and like there was craziness after the the fight, and that was just a crazy. I, I heard he, I heard the head coach was like smack talking him or something. Oh, probably. Like, yeah, I mean, you don't push like kick somebody him. So then he, I guess, thought the bright idea, the, the way to answer it was throw a push kick, which of course to us is like, uh, no, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know but so what's kind of uh, a little funny is his first move in the fight. Was a kick, and I completely missed it. And his I, last looking... move, you know, leaving before he left the ring, was a kick. Like after the fight's over, you know, yeah. two kicks and both both of them going at somebody's head. <laughs> well, I don't think the push kick was going after his head. <laughs> well, I think that's I mean, I'm uh, sure it Sahara but... making things up right now. No, no, dude. Look, all We're... you gotta do is talk to Overeem. He'll give you the <laughs> yeah. replay of. Of what happened and how he saw it, yeah. and he'll see a kick to the head. <laughs> Why over him? He had he had um, perfect recollection of what happened in his. Fight. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. He said that he it was crystal know, clear. Yeah, yeah. Steep a tapped. Right, right. Rogan called him out twice. So it looks like Bisbing is gonna wait for the winner of. Well, it, it looks like he's he's looking to see if Weidman wins his fight. Against Yal Romero, which you will, Yoel? and then Yoel. he'll go on to Yoel. beat Bisbing. Um, so Weidman, um, 
so Bisbing says that Weidman is the guy that he kind of is, is is targeting. I would love to see that fight because I'm a big Weidman fan and a big Bisbing not not a fan. And I think I know how that one's going to end. And I will be a happy camper if I'm all goes well. half with you on that, but half not with you on that. I agree. Anything to see Bisping get out of there. You know, just get rid of him. But I'm still salty about uh, Chris Weidman knocking out Anderson Silva, my childhood hero. So <laughs> He just so, showed his youth here with these old men when he said childhood hero because Anderson Silva came into the UFC. I, I even remember seeing him in pride and and uh vel tudo um so i you said in your uh, childhood yeah, hero growing up, like was he's always been he's <laughs> i've always been an adult the whole time so <laughs> yeah i have different childhood heroes like qb browns or something <laughs> hulk hogan terry dactyl yeah growing up like you know anderson Silva was the dude because he held the title for for forever you know mm-hmm. he, he, yeah. so you were always, so you always get super excited because you're like man he's gonna knock this guy out somehow you know and then when chris weidman came along that was like you know dreams crushed right there you know he gets knocked out which yeah that was crazy fight on his part because you know he was goofing off half the time but he kind of kind of deserved it the first way, you know? go round. Yeah, yeah yeah second second time was terrible but um yeah so you know uh, chris weidman i'm just like yeah but the um See, I love Chris Weidman, and for the exact opposite reason of why you dislike him, I did not like Anderson Silva. So I don't mind a guy. So in my opinion, this is you know the way Terry Dactyl, a casual fan, loved me some Anderson Silva. <laughs> this is the way I saw. I I love a guy who is just himself, and and if you're you're a brash kind of guy, be a brash kind of guy. Be be Nick Diaz, be Nate Diaz, be who you are, and and have it be consistent. And I felt like Anderson Silva was not. I felt like he acted as if he was respectful, but then his actions were very disrespectful to his opponents. And he would bow at the beginning, and then he would act. He would he would taunt a guy that he was about to knock out because like, he was that good. No, I I, I feel like either. Be that guy that's the jerk, or be the guy that's bowing and respectful. But you, but don't act like you're respectful to your opponent when you're clearly being disrespectful. Like if if you're trying to get into a guy's head, that's one thing to try to get an upper. But if you have a guy that you're already beating. And and it's clear, like with Griffin, and you're just taunting him and making him look like a fool. I'm sorry. I I, I think that there's that's a very different thing. And so when Weidman knocked him out as he was acting like an idiot, mm-hmm. it was my it was the end of an era. My heart was exploding with joy. I loved it. It was amazing. That, yeah. I I remember where we were. Yeah. Inside that uh at, at Bubba's. Yeah. And the place I think that was I think that nuts. was I think that was uh, that was, uh BTD before Terry Dactyl. Um did, what year was that? What, what year was that? In it was 14. The year 2000. I don't know. What year? But yeah. It, uh, it was yeah, it was insane. The reaction of almost the entire place was anti-Silva. And maybe not necessarily anti-Silva, but witnessing something that you just that's history. Expect, yeah. It's history. Didn't expect to see. And it was sweet. So Chris Weidman, um, upon hearing the news that Bisbing sees views him as the next as the next opponent, he says that hey this <laughs> this is going to be the easiest fight I've had in years if we if we fight. I agree with him. You guys know how I feel about Bisbing. Um, I I I was actually the funny thing is I was excited um, about. Bisbing winning the title shot and then Bisbing started talking and I was reminded of why I hate him or not hate him but I'm not a I'm not a fan of his so now as, as far as uh going back to Weidman um 
he's got a tough fight on his hands with uh, against Romero. I don't that it is that's that can go either way, huh? It's not a gimme. No, not at all. That dude hits like Anthony Johnson. I was just gonna say he hits like Anthony Johnson. Yep, he hits. He hits you clean. You're done. And he's quick too. And he 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 moves at you. You know what his style is. There are some similar similarities between Weidman's style and Romero in that they're constantly moving forward. Um, and, you know, I see, I didn't really think Weidman had this in him, but he's got the knockout power. And it doesn't look like he does, but he's got, he's got hands of stone. And Romero just hits like a truck, just like Rumble does. Um, so that one could end, you know, clearly either way by knockout. Um, I, you know, I don't know, uh, I don't know. I, I have a hard time calling that fight. I'd like to see Weidman win. I think Weidman's a lot longer. Um, I think, I think his reach is always, he, he always has a reach advantage. And I think he's gonna, he's gonna be able to use that. Um, I don't think he wants to get in a slugfest, obviously. Um, or at least I hope he doesn't as a right. fan of his, um, because that would not well, be... I think he's a much tougher opponent than Bisping is. I think if him and Bisping were to fight... Bisping is... He's a good... He's he's a very technical fighter, but he, I don't think he has the the toughness. You know, it's like... Weidman is, is, a, is a wrestler at heart, you know? And he's... So he's got right. that... He's got that toughness. And you can see it in the way that he that he moves and the, the way that he fights. You know, when you look at Bisping, Bisping is very... He's just... He's, he's that... He's that technical guy. So... When I see the two, when I when I see the two coming, you know, head head to head, I, I just I, I can't help but kind of expect that Weidman walks out with the title because it's just you know, I think one way or another he's gonna grind Bisping out or or knock him out. You never know, you know. He's he's like like when he knocked out Anderson Silva, he he's full of surprises. So, um, I think, yeah, I think I think I think Weidman walks out with it. Well, Bisping's win over Dan Henderson. Henderson says he finally got the chance to watch the fight, and he's mad. He says, I can't believe that I lost this fight. He said, if if this is, we got this 10-point must system from boxing, and, and if this is a boxing match, I win two 10-8 rounds, and I win the fight, so we need to make this system right. I don't necessarily agree because you know I scored the bot. That, those that's you definitely don't give the second round to him 10 8. Yeah, and don't leave it in the hands of the judges either. Yeah, I, I don't think, but he also said, you know, for the right money, I could be um lured into a uh trilogy, trilogy uh matchup. I'm sorry, it's like, interest, are you retired or are you not? <laughs> there is no interest in that yeah. from a fan standpoint. I don't know if you guys have any interest in that. I, I would watch it again. Um, I would watch it again. It you know, wouldn't be something that you know I would say, oh, I can't wait for this fight. I just don't but, think it's fair to the other fighters. I, it's not. Right. It's totally so not. If, it were, if all things were equal and he could fight twice and, you know, great, I'd watch the fight. But I don't think know. it would have the same excitement level as the second one did, you know, because it's like he's going out, he's about to retire, you know, and, you know, Bisping... It's probably better for the business that he lost because the last thing you want is a guy winning the belt. And then I wanted, retiring. I wanted him to win so bad. I mean, I was absolutely, Henderson. Yeah, Henderson. Yeah. I was absolutely like, oh man, you know, because, and I gave, I gave, I gave Henderson the first. That's two because rounds. you're like not British. Exactly. I'm, I'm American. You know, yeah. I, I have to, I have to go with my guys. You know, so, but like. I, I, I gave him the first two rounds, but then when I, I, I did, I watched a couple times and I was like, yeah, you know, Bisping kind of outworked him the, the last three rounds. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that, you know, I, he really doesn't have much to be mad about. I think, I, I think Bisping won it. I need to switch gears. Will you guys be in Toronto for UFC 206? Mm, I mean, we're not that no. far from Toronto. We're probably, what, four, four and a half? So here's the thing about UFC 206. You have a you have a, a big, light, heavyweight championship bout between 
Daniel Cormier and and Rumble, Anthony Johnson. And I love that fight. It's going to be a good fight. And that's all. That's the card. What about GSP? You down with GSP? <laughs> yeah, you know me. You down with GSP? I could go with it. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? So, so GSP. Now, here's the thing. The, this whole GSP situation. He's holding out for more money. He's going to be fighting there. He's holding out for more money. But it's a month away. That's the problem. But here's the thing. You you don't want to take the focus off of 205. You want to let 205 build and happen and, oh, it's over. That was so good. Guess what? UFC 206, GSP is going to be fighting. Yeah, but 205 is going to outshine everything right now. The only thing that can take a little it's bit not of about out, away from it. it is 207 and Rousey. And it's only because, really because of Rousey at this point. But 205, there's you don't even know there's 206 because it's that big of a card. Well, maybe, and just thinking out loud here, but maybe GSP shows up to announce that he will be fighting at a future date. As long as GSP is at that show on camera in some way, It'll be fine. It'll be a great follow up to two hundred five. So, you can't, you can't, you can't outshine two hundred five. But you also don't want to have this great show, and then the next one's a you know a throwaway card. We got to remember that Toronto is the home of the the still the biggest gate in UFC history. If you take a look at Octagon twenty four seven dot com, I, I I wrote a I wrote a post about about this card and well about the the three final pay-per-view cards of uh 2016 and and how exciting it could be if gsp is on that card but guys listen the toronto fans and the canadian fans are not happy about the whole situation the card outside of the main event i'm, I'm going to tell you right now if Anthony Johnson or Daniel Cormier get hurt, Cormier get hurt, they're going to cancel the card. There is no card left after that if GSP's not on there. GSP's got to be on that card. And I, I have a feeling that he will be. Think about it from GSP's perspective. He, if he, he doesn't want to just waltz into that, he wants to make sure that he gets top dollar. I mean, this is going to be a big fight for him, whoever he fights. And I do believe that he's gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm talking with assumption here. I do believe he will fight from the testing window to Asada, uh, to uh, you know numerous uh, media appearances to Dana White addressing it, but saying that you know they haven't quite come to terms and that he doesn't really want to fight. And why is that? And it all comes down to money. Yep. I, I think that as we get closer to 205, there's going to be some leaks. I got your air quotes again, Terry. Um, I think there's going to be leaks, you you know, and rumblings of him being on the 206 card. And then I I think if if that's going to happen, they'll announce it in New York. I I think build up 206. That's that you guys will be live in person. I don't know if you'll hear that announcement unless Ryan. I think last time you forgot your headset. This time, make sure you bring your headset. That way, you can hear the commentary. You'll be able Rogan, to know that they're... Rogan's commentary. Absolutely. Yeah, so if you go to a UFC event, they have um, these little... Or at least they used to. I don't know if they still do. I, I assume they still do. They have these little um, little circular pop players, and uh, it picks up the broadcast from the pay-per-view. So you can hear Rogan and Goldberg as they broadcast the, the event um, on your head on, on headphones. That, are that would have been nice at 203. Oh, I, I, I love them. Because you can, you hear what you hear what you might not be able to see, or you hear, you know, and Mike stuff and Joe are happened. great. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll hear about stuff that happened that that isn't within the arena, or like backstage, or you know, those kind of things. Even though we should be backstage at UFC 205 because we are Octagon 24/7, Octagon247.com, your MMA site. For the fans, by the fans, and so, um, so that yeah, this whole GSP situation, 
I'm not as convinced that he's going to be on that card. Um, I would love for it to be true. If he is on that card, who who do you think he's going to be facing? Is it Lawler? Is it? Uh, that's what I. Is heard. it Bisbing? Yeah, I. You know, I I don't I don't know what would be in store with Bisbing. That would be too soon for him to. I think. No, it, he had well, a sixty-day suspension. You, you don't need a title fight in his first fight back. That's the that's the wrong. So so from a booking angle, right? When you're building a fight, the draw is already GSP. It could be GSP versus Joe Schmo. It's still gonna draw because it's GSP's first fight back. So you don't need a title fight for that. Well, it, he, um, Bisbing is not going to fight in his division without the title being. Up for grabs. So, you know what I mean? Like, GSP is not going to fight up to 185 and not have a chance to win the belt. I think it would be Lawler. Um, he's got to get his name back in the mention for a title shot again. So you think they're going to fight at 70? Huh. It's, I don't see, you know. Yeah, no. I'm, that's, I, I, that's what I think. If, if. It depends. We don't know where GSP is with his with his weight. Where I mean, if he's packed on muscle, if he what, what he's been up yeah. to for. But think years. about it. Who's talking about Robbie Lawler right now? No, we are. No, exactly. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. You know, he's he's. Um, well, that's what he's not in the spotlight right now. That's the problem with <clears throat> some of the fighters are they don't they don't talk. To the media, they don't keep their name out there. Conor McGregor's name is out there all the time. Ronda Rousey doesn't even need to do anything for her name to be out there all the time. She did host SNL. I didn't see that. When was that? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know that she did. Like a while ago? I don't know. I don't know how long ago it was. It's definitely be- between her losing to Holly Holm and now. I just don't know when. Okay, so I didn't see any of that. Um, was it good? Did you see it? I think I saw part. I think I saw a clip of the opening monologue that she did say, "Hey, give it up for Holly Holm." And as soon as everybody started clapping, she said, "That's enough." <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know. I, I I haven't really heard any uh, you know feedback on it, and didn't watch the whole episode. But well, it's not as if they write their own monologue for those either. They just have to pull it off. Probably. You know? Yeah, I don't yeah. think that was her line. Yeah, although I can't see uh, Dwayne Johnson going on there and not writing his own stuff. You saying so, that he would? I think he would. I can't see Ronda Rousey. So, to your point, if if they wrote something for her, she probably read it. I don't know that she's... But I'm saying you get somebody like a Dwayne Johnson on there, and he's probably writing his own stuff. Well, have you seen when he did... Um, when he was at, like the ape kid or whatever when he was on SNL? No. Oh, you have to see it. He's like banging stuff all over the place. After the after the uh, we're we're gonna be wrapping up here. We'll we'll watch it. So after the uh, podcast, I I suggest for each of you to go ahead and watch The Rock on SNL from years ago. Hilarious. Um, funny you say that and never even saw it. Yes, and I will tell you for everybody out there listening, the millions. And millions of fans out there. This is a very hot studio. I hope it's coming in loud and clear. We do it for you, the fans. We want to make sure that there's good audio quality. But it is hot in here, guys. we got the light shining down. So we're in a professional studio. Soundproof room. I-, I love the acoustics, but I'll tell you what. I am getting warm. It t- tonight, it-, it does seem a little warmer than, than usual. And we also have our guests. True. Yeah, it's an additional body be. in the room. Right. It's extra hot air being blown out. Yeah. That's probably from Terry Dactyl. I was just going to say, well, yeah. That's not coming from the top end either. He has to make sure <laughs> that he gets heard. Right. Heard one way or another. That's right. <laughs> well, I think um, I think our listeners are have had about enough of us. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah. I think that's... Time to go home. So, um, yeah, we are... Um, we will be... Broadcasting, we so far we have set out podcasts uh, on a weekly basis, um, and we will continue to do that um, as we get closer to USC 205 and starting 
um, the week of UFC 205. We're probably going to have some more shorter broad, uh, shorter podcasts, just kind of throw some stuff out there. And as this startup, we are going to try to get some um, guest interviews um, when we are in New York City. So, hey, wish us luck on that. We're going to try to bring that to you. Um, one of the people, I'm just going to mention this, one of the people that we have become very fond of as a uh, podcast group and as a, a company with Octagon 24-7 is Mickey Gall. So we really would like to get an interview with Mickey Gall. If you're listening to this podcast and you know Mickey Gall, give us sh- shoot us an email at info at octagon247.com or you can you can email Dan dot altieri at octagon247.com and we will um let us know let us know if you're uh we're you're able to help us get that interview i think terry dactyl will be able to get that interview for us yeah I, that's what i do for a living i ask people for things yeah i mean driving down you just asking it's driving it's down a shady street and asking people for things does not count, dude. Right, but it's all about it's a numbers game, right? You just got to ask so many people, and then hopefully one or one or two of them shakes out. That's it. Alrighty, we are gonna wrap it up. We all thank you so much for listening, and uh, God bless you from Octagon Twenty Four Seven. Thank you for listening to MMA Fancast. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up?